Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to. Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a cricket podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. And after a couple of episodes missing in action, we have our regular host, Giri, joining us. Hello, Giri. Welcome back on the podcast. Hello, Ajit. I was not missing in action, my friend. I was just too busy. <laughs> Lot of things happening in the world right now. How are, you do- how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So I hear, uh, you know, you're not very far off from the epicenter of uh, coronavirus as far as Netherlands goes. So how are you doing? And how is uh, uh, you and yours, as they say? Well, I'm I'm not sure if it, this is actually the epicenter of uh, this whole thing, uh, this coronavirus. We're not too far away as well, but uh, so far it's been okay. It's been quite normal. I don't see any difference in my day-to-day life. I still go to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still come home. Everything is fine by the time I come home. The country, you know, like every um, every other country in the world. is taking some measures so is netherlands as you know uh, so people are being asked to work from home as much as possible if their job allows it um and there is also an option for kids to go to school or not it's up to their parents if they want to send them uh, it's it's not really a lockdown like it is right now in italy for example mm-hmm. so in italy i think they've basically closed down their borders the people cannot leave the country people cannot enter it uh, and you've also might have heard of uh, travel bans in uh, you know for coming from india us israel and all these countries but we are i think a little more um i think it's a bit more free over here you can still go out and do what you want but you have to be careful uh, mm-hmm. of course for your own safety as well as for other people around you more vulnerable people let's put it that way right uh, but it's you know it's brought the whole world to their uh, you know uh, knees i guess so everybody is feeling the impact 
in one way or the other, especially the economy, the global economy is suffering. Indeed. Um, so it's it's uh, it's massive, uh, and I mean it's also taking a toll on, uh, uh, like I said, in in all arenas, especially sport, all sports, uh, sporting events being either postponed or cancelled, and it has also not spared cricket, right? So how do how do you feel about this? Well, as I was talking to you before the recording began, right? We called it cricket in the time of Corona, right, Kiri? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is that? <laughs> well, I, I know about another Corona, by the way. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, you know, uh, a different Corona, something that can be consumed and uh, does not make you ill. This is my uh, rather uh, sad take on a very famous novel. Love in the Time of Cholera by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. I don't know if you've had a chance to read it or watch its movie adaptation, but uh, it was me trying to be funny and yeah. Oh, know. yeah. The other Corona. Well, if you've had enough, enough of anything can make you sick, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and uh, apparently Corona beer is uh, reported a very big loss this quarter thanks to this yeah. scare from Corona, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So doppelganger. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can never be too sure. People are probably a bit. Uh, now a bit uh, nervous mm-hmm. considering yeah. uh, what corona means and maybe that means they're not consuming corona beer that's a bit weird to hear but you know i can understand that people are a bit nervous about these things right yeah yeah but i think it's 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 the same for all kinds of things eh? you both i think we we both might have seen this also in supermarkets here uh, people oh, yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. yeah it's it's a bit of a crisis people think it's the end of the world you know doomsday scenario the stacking up everything at home from mm-hmm. frozen foods until toilet paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what, what you'll do with toilet paper, uh, but anyway, people must find some use uh, of it. Otherwise, they wouldn't uh, empty the racks in the supermarkets. But yeah, it's it's really crazy. Um, it shouldn't be like this, but yeah, people need to stay calm. Uh, we're trying our best, right? So we are trying to stay calm as much as we can. Are you no, not? Well, yeah, yeah. We are doing our best for sure. And also, as far as I'm concerned, I would continue to try and do the podcast, uh, whether there's cricket or not, right? So... Uh, the best way to retain sanity is to just go ahead and be yourself, try to do most of the things in the same mm-hmm. way. But, I mean, it's always easier said than done. We know this as well, right? Yeah, I think there was, uh, if you remember, coming back to cricket, there have been so many cancellations and uh, postponements. We'll come to that in a bit. The, one of the most uh, important series that we were looking forward to in the Netherlands uh, mm-hmm. has been called off, right? So, wasn't that between Netherlands and Namibia? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the casualties of this um, unfortunate pandemic that's currently going around is the uh, Netherlands tour of Namibia has been called off, mm-hmm. right? So this was something that, you know, would, as fans of Netherlands team, we would be very much looking forward to. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. this has been called off. So similarly, the other ongoing international cricket, for example, England's tour of Sri Lanka has been postponed. Mm-hmm. India-South Africa series, ODI series, which the first one had been rained out, has been completely called off. Mm-hmm. And then, again, with very stringent measures being taken by New Zealand, right? So, the Chapel Hadley ODI series, of which yeah. one match had been already played, has been mm-hmm. called off, for example. Mm-hmm. Then you had this MCC versus Essex game, which is usually played uh, usually played in Dubai, I think. So, this is al- always MCC versus the champion of the previous uh, domestic season in the UK. Mm-hmm. So this one has been called off as well. So you can see a lot of cricket worldwide has been hit, right? For example, even uh, BCCI has been forced to reconsider. So it's suspended all its ongoing domestic uh, calendar matches. Same with Cricket West Indies, right? Mm-hmm. 
even when it comes to big tournaments so you see that ipl uh, has been the start of ipl which was supposed to be 29th march has been postponed mm-hmm. to 15th april and then it's a wait and watch every week right mm-hmm. as ganguly said in a press conference recently it's a wait and watch they look at the situation every week and they monitor and maybe we don't know even the ipl's uh, calendar might be slightly not tweaked to fit this year's uh, remaining days right less matches maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also for example the PSL that's ongoing many i think more than 10 players 10 foreign players have left pakistan and returned back to their uh, home countries because of this uh, fear of this uh, disease right so it, it's it's really seriously affected cricket i mean i can joke about it but uh, a lot of money i'm sure in the business world not just cricketing world has been lost mm-hmm. right a lot yeah. of business has been affected a lot of everyday activities a lot of you know uh, some of us who work in it are a bit lucky i must say because we are able to work from home but what if you are working with people what if you have a i don't know a shop that sells stuff especially food and other things so you are really really hard hit so we really hope you know the pandemic is on the way just it just peaked and it will on the it will be on the way down shortly so you know in a 15 day period or maybe in one or two of our episodes time if i may speak like that this uh, this entire pandemic will run its course and you know we are free of it i really hope that right yeah yeah absolutely um it's it's a very serious matter like you said it's affecting everyone one way or the other directly or indirectly mm-hmm. um people have start stopped traveling for example um so i think that's also going to affect a lot of economies around the world uh but aside from that uh, i think we will miss a lot of action in cricket it's it's a shame but it is what it is we can't change that Mm-hmm. um but we'll keep talking about cricket whether it's on the field or off the field right Indeed. so there will be some news or the other that we can talk about it is it it is at least a good thing that uh the ranji trophy finals mm-hmm. was able to conclude right so in a good way so they were able to finish that match right but that was uh played between saurashtra and wasn't it bengal did you watch that match well i i caught a uh couple of sessions here and there mm-hmm. uh, right so it was beginning a bit early in the morning for me so and for you so it was a very tensely fought final right giri so it was a very old school uh, let's say five day mm-hmm. cricket match where mm-hmm. the pitch was a bit flat i mean it it looked like it was very dry so most people were worried probably it's going to be a three day game or something right mm-hmm. uh, that in the second day uh, spinners will really come to the fore and there'll be a lot of problems so on and so forth but it turned out to be exactly the opposite because mm. not all four innings could be completed mm. and uh, in a very old school like a very uh, stolid way of playing cricket saurashtra who are more uh, let's say watchful and had the higher first inning score won the trophy in spite of the final being a draw yeah yeah they were lucky to win the toss i think aha uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, bengal's coach and mentor arun lal had something to say about it right so he was unhappy about the status of the pitch and you know uh, that in spite of it being a final the pitch was really not the best that could have been arranged and so on and so forth so he said uh, look at it what if you had lost the toss if you have won the toss you are uh, you are with the advantage all you have to do is basically bat for two days put up a total that is really big enough that will get you the tournament or get mm-hmm. you the final that's exactly yeah. what happened yeah yeah but i think uh, if you look at the scorecard um, like you said saurashtra made uh, a handsome score to 425 they were all out their middle order clicked i think the top order was also okay couple of 50s in the top 3 and then there was a century by wasavda mm-hmm. uh, batting at number 4 he scored 106 runs but out of uh, 287 deliveries so with a strike rate 
of less than 37. So he basically ground the opposition attack. He was supported by none other than Cheteshwar Pujara, who made 66 runs, but out of 237 deliveries and right. a strike rate of less than 28. So it's a typical Pujara innings, of course, but I heard that he was not feeling well uh, uh, during the match. Uh, did, did you know what happened to him? Was he able to, you know, field, take the field after he batted? or did he No, no. That? I think by the time he finished the innings, uh, mm-hmm. by the time the first uh, innings of Saurashtra was completed, there already came the news that uh, Cheteshwar Pujara will not be able to take any more part in the match because mm. he had back spasms apparently. Ah, so okay. It's an old injury that has recurred. Uh, but he was brave enough to come out and bat uh, for his team. And, mm-hmm. you know, to bat out 250-odd deliveries, even Whew. having uh, a back problem, that's very well done to him. And I think he deserves all the plaudits there. And, yeah. you know, for me, the turning point as far as this final goes was basically, let's say, the last two wickets that Saurashtra were able to add um, more than 50 runs, right? So they were 364 for eight. And from that point on to drag it all the way to 425, a lot of credit goes to Dharmendra Singh Jadeja batting at 10 and the captain, Jadeja Unatkat, who was strangely batting at 11. He's no mug with the bat, Unatkat, right? Mm-hmm. But he was at 11. So it, that shows the depth of this Saurashtra team. Wow. And also, you know, I read something very strange. So, Bengal, whenever they have bowled first mm-hmm. in this entire year's tourney, have never considered more than 250 in a single instance when they have bowled first, right? Mm-hmm. Because they had this very uh, reliable uh, three-pace pronged attack, mm-hmm. Ishan Porel, Mukesh Kumar, and Akashdeep. Even Karnataka suffered against them in the semi-final when they lost. It, the same thing happened. But mm-hmm. in this case... Uh, Saurashtra deserves the credit because they were able to hang on. They were able to bat for more than 170 overs. And they got to 425. But if you remember, there was a test like this when Australia visited India previously. When India were very slow in the first innings, but then they made up time and then they were able to finish out the game. So it was something similar, I would say. Even there, I remember Pujara taking a lot of time, 7-8 hours to you know, compose a very nice 100 which led mm. to you know India clinching the game or destroying it comfortably. So when mm. it comes to their turn to bat, Bengal were good. They had a lot of solid contributions. Sudipta Chatterjee, 81. Then uh, Tiwari, 35. Then Riddhiman Saha, 64. I'll get to this. Anushtup Majumdar, 63. And then Nandi making 40. So basically, I think Riddhiman Saha, they say, was a bit lucky on the fourth morning when Bengal looked to be you know trying to push forward and trying to get the lead. I think in the very first 10 minutes, there was a lot of action where Pridiman Saha is said to have gotten away with two clear what at least Saurashtra fielders felt was dismissals. So one was an LBW that Mr. Shamsuddin, the umpire, did not give. <laughs> and then I think you have a, something to recount yeah. there, I'm sure. So, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Shamsuddin didn't give, but then which was then on uh, referral was became umpire's uh, decision or became umpire's call, right? Mm-hmm. And then he survived another very close, uh, you know, shout for a caught behind after mm-hmm. which he was able to make 64. He was plucky. He was able to make it count. But uh, Bengal fell short, right? They were about 45 runs short in the end. And then that was the decider because it was nearly a single inning shootout. Bengal were all out on the last day morning. So all that left were like, you know, two sessions of game. And at the end of, let's say, T, by the T on fifth day, uh, Saurashtra had already made sure they were not going to lose this game because they had a little bit of a lead. They made another 100 runs, even though they lost four wickets. All they had to do was bat out time from that point on. So there was no point in really continuing. And, you know, Saurashtra were the, as far as I'm concerned, deserved winners. They made it uh, to the final. They did well, right? 
they had tough opposition right through and once they made it to the final they made sure they capitalized on it it's once again heartbreak for bengal so yeah. they have to wait at least another season to try and win the trophy again right giri yeah, fortunate yeah unfortunate for them the story of shamsuddin i think you yeah. carried the bit of grudge would you like to relate to us well i didn't see this live but i read about this uh, apparently shamsuddin got in the way of a fielder's throw <laughs> i don't know if that was deliberate no no i'm not going to say that it's very sinister so no, right. not say that but right. uh, apparently was it and he had to be taken off the field um, it looked like he couldn't take the field after that and one of the other umpires i can't remember his name uh, had to umpire from both ends because you know ranji trophy finals apparently means that you need to have a neutral umpire mm-hmm. uh, and the third umpire was in fact a local guy so he took the role of a leg umpire while the other umpire kept you know standing at the bowler's end i think uh, uh, you are referring to mr rakeen anant padmanaban anant padmanaban yes he was the let's say the other umpire the other on field umpire and yashwant yeah. balde was brought on he was the fourth umpire yeah. the third umpire was sundaram bravi the international umpire so yeah but he, he has drs uh, expertise right so exactly. he was the only qualified drs uh, operator mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um which which uh, about which i have a question actually was drs being used fully this time or were there some uh, uh, missing elements like ball tracking was not available or something like that do you remember no 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 as far as i have heard it's the same drs that's used for international matches okay so okay. this is the same drs that was used in the semi finals and the finals mm mm-hmm. Okay. okay. The players were allowed to use it, just like how an international team captain is allowed to use, right? Sorry to go back to it, but no I think I'm going back to this anecdote that you told me off air about uh, Shamsuddin and something to do with the semi-finals of last year's Ranji Trophy. Can you relate it to us? I, I can't remember if it was actually Shamsuddin. I hope ah. it was, because ah. ah. <laughs> you know there was this famous dismissal or non-dismissal of uh, Cheteshwar Pujara. There was a clear nick, and uh, Pujara did not walk. he had every right to stay his ground mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the umpire apparently did not hear the nick whereas everybody on the ground probably even the spectators or even the coaching room staff heard this except for the umpire and uh, yeah pujara did not walk and uh, it turned out that pujara played a match winning innings there and then karnataka were defeated mm-hmm. in the last uh, semi finals uh, 2019 right so that season and um, yeah so rashtra were beaten in the finals against vidarbha of course vidarbha um, won it in their home ground mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it just brought me back those memories and pujara was again you know such a crucial player in this lineup he made sure that saurashtra were able to bat so long uh, mm-hmm. and i think that like you said it was a turning point in the match him coming back even after he was sort of retired hurt uh, overnight as you said saurashtra saurashtra may have been deserving winners but i would have liked to have seen uh, bengal win this i think they they had a very good team especially that fast bowling attack you mentioned about indeed it's it's, it's a shame they have well, to try next year indeed oh, but uh, i think yeah the emotional favorites were bengal but uh, they were really unlucky to miss out mm-hmm. uh, but going ahead from one final to another mm. let's quickly have a talk about the women's world cup uh, final the t20 world cup final kiri were you able to catch uh, any of it or uh, at least did you follow it on the media maybe i only followed it on uh, the cricket info app uh-huh. uh, only the scores i saw australia won the toss and decided to bat and then i just realized india were never going to win this 
I think India played the first match against Australia in the World Cup and then India batted first and contained Australia basically. But on this occasion, I think Australia were too good. Uh, they posted a, a 190-odd runs, right? Mm-hmm. So it was too big a task. And for some reason, Indian women's team yeah, doesn't seem to have this uh, killer instinct or uh, the drive or the... Mm. the um, the firepower in them to uh, come up with the goods when it really matters in the finals. They were really good, very consistent. As you might remember, won every one of their league games. Mm-hmm. Also got a walkover uh, in the in the semifinals against England because of washout. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they were probably a spent force by then. Uh, I had expected a better performance, but the bowling didn't click. They gave away too many runs and... Uh, um, you might have some final points to talk about, but Australia, you know, for sure, fifth time winner, right? So they were the best team. They still are the best team, even without Elise Perry, uh, their stalwart. Yeah, they were too good on that day. Still, they have to try again. Yeah? yeah, I agree. No, I agree. But look, it's the fifth time that Australia have won. You're absolutely right. But they were the better team on the day, without a doubt. And they were the team with the killer instinct. Look, the very first ball of the final, Alisa was hitting it out for a four. Then the rest of the over was an absolute, let's say, it shambles from uh, Deepthi Sharma, who who always opened the innings with the ball for India. And somehow she was very nervous. And there were three full tosses in the final. So I sat and I saw most of the final. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, as an Indian cricket fan, you were a bit disappointed at the halfway mark. You know, it brought back those terrible, terrible memories from 2013. Where, you know, mm. as an Indian cricket fan, you knew halfway it was going to require a miracle mm. for the Indian team to win. And that's exactly how it played out, unfortunately. But also, look, a lot of credit needs to be given to Alisa Healy, who played out of her skin, right? Mm. Uh, 39 balls for a 75 with five sixes. That's not that's not something uh, ordinary in a World Cup final, right? Mm. So she took 30 balls for her 50. And this is the fastest 50 in any World Cup T20 final, men or women. So she needs to be given credit for that, right? Well Once she got out, though, I mean, look, they had already gotten to 115 in just the 12th over, so they were always going at 10 and over. But the man of the series, was recognized as the man of the series, was Beth Mooney. She was the one who held the, let's say, one end down. And then after the 15th over, she accelerated beautifully. And 10 force, a 10 boundary force, most of them hit along the ground. So you saw the quality in her batting. Like, you know, she's a very, very dreamy left-hander very much ala sangakara or somebody and she batted beautifully right and then there was really nobody else to support her but it didn't matter in the end so they were looking good for 200 and india were able to you know small consolation they were able to pull them back to 184 and india needed a miraculous start right shefali verma and smriti mandana needed to give them the sort of start that australia got but australian bowlers were too good frankly so the very first ball of the indian innings we were all excited. Shafali Verma simply tonked it straight down the ground behind the bowler's head. They ran two. In the third ball, uh, Megan should pull the ball a little back and Shafali couldn't adjust it. She was still committed to the front foot and she got caught behind. So there again, Alisa Healy, the keeper, comes to the fore. She was standing up to the stumps. And that was a wonderful catch, wonderful anticipatory catch, right? So in spite of having you know 12 batters, one of them was retired hurt and they had a concussion sub, India could only total 99. So that itself was very you know sort of disappointing for me. Australia were really good, no doubt. So Megan should lead the way with 4 for 18. And uh, Jonathan, who opened with her, took 3 for 20. And that was all great. But except for Deepthi Sharma, who hung around, 
who took some time and made 33 there was really nobody only ghosh i think she is uh, also another 16 year old she was the concussion sub for tanya bhatia the keeper who got hit on the head she was able to come out and make an 18 so it was all exciting to see but you know you had seen the let's say the horses had bolted and the door had to be closed or something it was a bit late so that left a bit of a sore point for me but it was a wonderful wonderful tournament overall a wonderful you know exhibition of cricket very high level cricket and uh, beth muni was deservedly given the man of the series as i said and alisa healy was the man of the match so this is well done to australia who won their fifth one and if that's a fantastic achievement for them so i would like to con- congratulate the australian women's team and also in front of 86000 people kiri yeah it was still like you know it was the first day of uh, you know the um, boxing day test, boxing day test. Yeah. indeed right? yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a fantastic uh, thing to know that you know there were so many people watching the match um, amazing amazing advert for uh, women's cricket this needs to happen all over the world uh, it just goes to show, show that you know australia has real true cricket fans that mm-hmm. come out to watch in scores sorry for being a bit peevish because you kept saying <laughs> man of the series which will uh-huh. be player of the series and player of the match ah oh, thanks thanks no no it's right yeah no, absolutely no. right it's a uh, just to be a bit the... uh, correct politically yeah. it was a slip of the tongue <laughs> i think I, it rolls out more easily to me man i know it's... i know i know it was not intentional it was all with uh, good intentions but uh, anyway um so a couple of points i would like to mention here i know shafali verma was you know was a failure in the finals fine she was consistent throughout the series throughout the world cup but not on this occasion what actually concerns me is harman preet kaur's form throughout the world cup she never got to a very big score uh, if i'm not wrong correct me uh, and even the final i think she got a single digit score right so she didn't seem to be her usual fluent self she's a good striker of the cricket ball and she kept missing i think she was also bold she was batting against west indies she she, she seemed a bit uh, ruffled let me put it that way and also uh, i don't i still don't understand why veda krishnamurthy bats so low down, low down the order i think she should be up there she is one of the more senior pros and she mm-hmm. is definitely uh, an impact player so she she is a hard hitter like she uh, showed in the last league game i don't know which play team that was against was that against bangladesh yeah it was against bangladesh yeah, so it was against she bangladesh. made a very crucial 20 odd uh, cameo with which india were able to make that jump from uh, 120 to 140 and then they were able to win against bangladesh of course bangladesh was not so strong they didn't have any power hitters fine mm-hmm. but i think veda krishnamurthy uh, should be played up the order probably just before uh, if you look at the lineup in the finals i think uh, tanya bhatia played at number 3 she should have come a bit further down the order and and then veda krishnamurthy should have played at 4 or 5 maybe 5 mm-hmm. i think they they missed a point there maybe they had a you things to uh, they had a pre plan or something but doesn't matter in the end india lost which is a huge shame because i was hoping they could pull this off it's it's uh, I, i hope that you know this forms a good platform on which so many young players coming in so many teenagers like you said you know gosh uh, and then um, uh, shefali verma just a 16 year old a mm-hmm. uh, female version of virendra sehwag mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah could be better than virendra sehwag i think she is incredible i saw a couple of sixes that she hit against uh, bangladesh unbelievable she is such a clean hitter and mm-hmm. she clears the boundary comfortably she hits 85 86 meters sixes and that's comparable with what rohit sharma hits for example so it's incredible wow. she has amazing power 
And there are also some stories about how she uh, began to play cricket and how she has ended up with uh, playing women's cricket. And in the in the in the Indian squad, you know, she played with boys apparently mm-hmm. uh, when she was young. She played right, right. when her brother was sick, uh, and she uh, just play played with his T-shirt on, and then nobody realized this was a girl. Good God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a Bollywood story girl. waiting to happen, right? Exactly, just like that movie that uh, Amir Khan made, Dangal. Uh-huh. Remember? Indeed. Yeah, Indeed. so this might be another one of those, and she's incredibly good. Uh, and then you have Jemima Rodriguez. She's also, I think, 19 years old, and she's also a very good uh, batter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Harman Preet, uh, of course, needs to pass on the baton. I don't know who the next captain will be. She's still got some years. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you you have Deepthi Sharma. I think she's still in her early 20s, 23, 24. She's a very solid middle order batter. She keeps the innings together, like she did against Bangladesh. And then, of course, Veda Krishnamurti, more of a finisher. Yeah, I think they have a very good squad. They have a lot of spinning options, like uh, Poonam Yadav, Rajeshwari Gaikwad, and then uh, Ghosh, I think that's the other girl, lady. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, they, 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 I think they s- sort of miss that experience that uh, Julan Goswami brought with her. Right? So, they okay. don't have that. Apart from Shikha Pandey, they don't have a good... Uh, Seamer in their squad. So maybe they can work on that. I think this is definitely a very good squad. They can mm-hmm. build on this for sure. I think they have the ODI World Cup coming up, right? I think that's the next tournament, big tournament. Uh, and I hope that with this squad, they make uh, a lot of improvements. And Vurkeri Raman, I think he's also a very astute guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the former Tamil Nadu and India cricketer. Yeah, uh, He will for sure take it forward, uh, take this team forward, and uh, they can be a winning outfit. For sure. I really hope that this happens. This is very good for uh, cricket uh, all around the world. Look, uh, you're right. Huh? Harman Kaur, the batter was somewhat missing. right? And also, she didn't bowl a whole lot during the tournament, which was also yeah. a bit surprising for me. But for me, the most important thing, indeed, Smriti Mandana and Harman Kaur, you know, between them, they can destroy teams. That, that was unfortunate that they went a bit missing in the crucial stages of the tournament. But, you know, it can happen, right? So, yeah. as you say, they have a solid core and as at the end of the tournament, Harman Preet put it, she believes in the team, right? And there is a lot of talent there and there's, uh, they have a long way to go. So, it's just another step in the learning process. Let's just call it like that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, if you were to move on, let's take a quick look at, you know, the last one day that was played before the sort of uh, coronavirus bans sort of set in. So, this was the one ODI that was played between Australia and New Zealand. That was the uh, first ODI of the Chapel Hadley Trophy. So, in this case, Australia comfortably beat New Zealand. So, you know, batting first, Australia made 258 for 7, which was sort of a little less of a score. This was played in Sydney, by the way, and in front of empty crowds, right? So, most of the tournaments that have decided to continue or are continuing have decided that um, they'll play in front of empty stadiums so that, you know, there is no chance of any scare, any health scare. So, in this case, David Warner made 67. Aaron Finch 60. So they set up a platform. They went to 124 for one in the 25th hour when Warner was dismissed. But after that, except for Marnas Labushkagne, who made 56, and then Mitch Marsh, who made 27, there are not a lot of major contributions. Pat Cummins sort of took Australia past the 250 mark, but that's about it. So a lot of credit goes to the New Zealand bowlers. So Trent Bolt and Lockie Ferguson opened. This sort of shows probably the way in which New Zealand will probably play ahead in ODIs. Right, the Tim Saudi experiment or the Tim Saudi 
experience as far as ODIs have concerned. Maybe, you know, sort of a thing of the past. We'll see how it stands. But Ferguson was fantastic with the new ball. I saw a couple of those, uh, you know, uh, overs from him. He bowled, I think, 152 kph at some point in time. The third or the fourth over of the match. That's fantastic to see. And uh, Mitchell Santner took two for 34. And then Ishso, they took three for 51, right? But when it came their turn to bat, Australia were fantastic on the field. So it looks like a bit of a sluggish pitch, not normal for Sydney. But, uh, you know, uh, the fast bowlers, basically Mitchell Stark and Hazelwood, tied the batsman down the whole way. Or sort of, New Zealand could never take off. They never even had a run rate of three going into the 11th, 12th over. And they had lost one or two wickets there. So Martin Guptill made 40. And then uh, Tom Latham made 38, sort of counterpunching 38. And then Colin de Graham down 25, but a bunch of teams going down from that point on. But that was it. So New Zealand were 187 all out. Josh Hazelwood was sort of back and firing on all cylinders. He took two for 37. And he was wonderful to, you know, look at from a spectator's perspective. His spell was fantastic. Uh, Pat Cummins, incisive, was always three for 25. Mitch Marsh, uh, who was sort of a bit unproductive in the previous uh, ODA series versus South Africa, took three for 29. And Adam Zampa took two for 50. Uh, the One of the talking points of this game for me was the ball with which Adam Zampa dismissed Kane Williamson. So it was a googly from hell or googly from heaven, depending on how you look at it. Right, Giri? So it was very reminiscent of the ball that, uh, you know, Kohli was dismissed, I think, by Adil Rashid. If you remember in the last uh, year yeah. when India were touring uh, England and in the last ODI, mm. a googly that completely bamboozled uh, Kohli and, you know, he played... Uh, in the wrong line and just it went on to hit the middle stump. It was a similar ball. Wonderful, wonderful ball. So that was another talking point for me. So, But unfortunately, after this, the rest of the series got called off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it means Australia have retained the Hadley Chapel Trophy or maybe <laughs> the series stands cancelled. I don't know how that goes. So, interesting. I think, I think it will be counted as a series because they played a match already, right? So it probably will be 1-0 in favour of Australia. Uh, it will be recorded as a match. So is that India-South Africa match that was called off in the uh-huh. Hatala, right? yeah. So that was still, it's still recorded as a ODI, as an ODI match. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think um, it's, a, it's a real shame. I think this was uh, just about, you know, um, cooking up or it would have been a very nice series because mm-hmm. New Zealand were fresh from on the back of their series win against India in the test series right so it would have been nice if had they continued this but anyway we can't do much about this right there was also another interesting series in this case this was a you know a T20 series uh, played between Ireland and Afghanistan in uh, Noida near Delhi where Afghanistan have their home series right this was a wonderful wonderful exhibition of uh, T20 cricket that we saw actually it happened sort of on the down low not with not a lot of people following Mm -hmm. maybe and the matches were broadcast live on YouTube, so that was nice if you're a cricket fan, right? Mm-hmm. So, it was a 2-1 victory to Afghanistan, but what I would like to talk about is the last game where it was one of the uh, one of the most thrilling matches that we have seen in a long, long time because it went into Super over and off the last ball of the Super over with five runs required, uh, Kevin O'Brien hit a six, right? So, it was a very topsy-turvy game, a wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful game. So, this was a real nice game to sort of watch if you're a cricket fan. And Afghanistan comfortably won the series 2-1. And they looked like they were also going to win the third one. But mm-hmm. Ireland were able to come back, right? So having made only 142, Ireland defended it. I think a lot of credit goes to McCarthy, who bowled the 
you know the last over of the regular game and uh, considered just eight with uh, afghanistan requiring nine and even those eight were thanks to rashid khan actually who hit uh, 14 of the last you know four four or five balls he faced and he took afghanistan to a tie there so he also did something incredible in that game where with five required of the last ball he hit a four and tied the game right rashid khan and then uh, when he came to bowl unfortunately he couldn't uh, you know control the eight runs that were required and you know they were able to win there so it was a top shittery game right through so mm. it was a all in all a wonderful game so this is something i just would like to mention yeah so you know outside of that you know there was this trip down the memory lane i don't know if you saw this uh, road safety world series that was played in uh, mumbai andheri no i didn't i didn't watch that now yeah there was this there was this <laughs> amazing um, you know recollections people coming to watch sachin uh, you know the first game which was between uh, india and west indies had 26000 people attending this shows the kind of uh, craze or the, the kind of devotion that people mm. the indian cricket fans have for sachin right and mm-hmm. the first game was between india masters and uh, west indies two great cricketers were facing each other again so west indies had lara and india had tendulkar so all in all it was a really good um, thing if you were uh, watching this so this was a, mm-hmm. another noteworthy thing to talk of from you know outside of the cricketing field mm-hmm. right so also uh, yeah you know we hear a lot of this the world 11 versus asia 11 matches have been postponed the sheffield shield uh, last round could be cancelled right mm-hmm. so all of these sort of are uh, indicating more and more that you know countries are going to wait and watch for the next uh, let's say uh, 15 days 20 days and maybe a lot of cricket that was scheduled is going to be called off yeah mm-hmm. let's probably discuss how it goes in one of our upcoming episodes mm-hmm. now if you were to quickly take a look at the trivia section so the trivia question from the previous episode was an interesting one right so the question was uh, can we name a pair of brothers in law or currently playing in men's international cricket right mm. so the answer to this question is mushfiqur rahim and mahmudullah from bangladesh so they are brothers in law so that's the answer and if there is any other international uh, you know brothers in law playing international cricket please do let us know about it right now the trivia question from this episode is you know we talked a lot about the ranji trophy final and uh, so saurashtra we said won the ranji trophy final but when was the last time saurashtra won the trophy ranji trophy right if you look into the history of ranji trophy uh, you will see a couple of teams have multiple names that they have you know the names have evolved over the years so if you look closely you might actually identify when was the last time saurashtra won the tournament so that is the question so you can give us the answer to this question uh, either by leaving a comment on whichever app you follow us uh, on your podcasting app i mean also you can give us the answer through you know twitter where our handle is at @amchaircricket or you could uh, write into us at amchaircricket@gmail.com these are all ways in which you can get in touch with us also if you want to let us know what you think about our podcast and if you have any suggestions or comments so even though a lot of cricket that was supposed to go on has been cancelled i think us cricket fans can take a deserved break kiri what do you say no i don't think we need to take a break there is enough to talk about there is enough things happening around the world even if there is no cricket like i said so we well, have plenty to talk about for sure the fans can take a break but we don't need to take a break i said fans can take a break from watching cricket but we are good we have enough to talk so i do hope all our listeners all our supporters are able to join again and tune into in all our upcoming episodes so that's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from him bye bye you're listening to the 
आर्म चेयर क्रिकेट पॉडकास्ट